0: Today's episode is from a clinic presentation at Lawrence First and Goal Clinic. In this presentation, UTSA defensive line coach Sadiq Haynes lays out his process for determining who an offense is by uncovering information on their line and quarterback. In doing so, Coach Haynes is able to put his players in a position to get to the quarterback or as he calls it, Sack City. The third annual Lawrence First and Goal virtual clinic is March 9th through 11th and we need your help. This is a chance for you to learn all aspects of the game from college and pro coaches, over 120 of them, and to help those in need. The proceeds from this clinic benefit families who have a child undergoing cancer treatment as well as pediatric brain tumor research. Lawrence First and Goal is not a pass-through organization. All of the proceeds Go to those who need it, and there are plenty. Marianne Luce and her team of volunteers work directly with the families to help them. Bring your entire staff to this clinic, and please make other coaches aware of this opportunity to learn and help others. Go to LFGF 2023.coachesclinic.com. Coach Haynes will be joining me on the podcast soon to talk about more of what he does and his journey in coaching. Again, this one is from Lawrence First and Goal from 2022. The link to this one will be in the show notes. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. What
1: an amazing cause. What an amazing time it is for us to get together as coaches. Can't thank these guys enough for putting this platform together. I'm a place where us coaches can come together and talk some football, also while doing it for a great cause. So I'll jump right into to who I am, Sadiq Haynes. I'm currently working at the University of Delaware. This is my alma mater. I played here from 2007 through 11. I had a few great years here. I went to a couple of national championships games and then took my coaching career down to Sam Houston State University. I was there from 2014 until last spring. We won the national championship. And then this past fall, I was at UTSA before coming up here to Delaware, which I got here January 3rd. I'm ecstatic for the opportunity. Uh, The reason why I have all these different pictures on this first slide is the past 12 months, you know, with the COVID year, we had a a spring football game. We had games in the spring last year, and we were fortunate enough to be in a really good situation with some really good players and and a really great staff. And we were able to win a national championship while at Sam Houston State, as well as a conference championship. Moving right along, you know, I was blessed with the opportunity to go to UTSA as a defensive analyst, which is where I, I spent the fall season, had an amazing year went 12-2 and there, Conference USA Championship, most wins in school history, um, and we made it to a bowl game and finished ranked in the nation. You know, these things we we accredit to to the players. You know, I've been fortunate to coach some really good players. I've been fortunate to be around some really good coaches, and and I'm blessed for that, which is how I'm in the position that I am today. What we're going to talk about today, right, is pass rush philosophy and scheme, Uh, the ability to be able to get into the opponent's backfield, Disrupt the quarterback and draw up some schemes that will allow you to effectively get to the quarterback. Now, I will be speaking from a defensive line standpoint. Understand there can be different philosophies and schemes as far as how we get to the quarterback, whether it's with pressures, whether it's with just your defensive line. I'll be highlighting majority of the defensive line of how you manipulate pass rush schemes how you prepare for games during season, what you look at during breakdown and what will give you the full spectrum of the full picture so that you can effectively attack the quarterback with your philosophy and then build in your scheme as well. Moving right along. I'm going to bring you guys some stats just because I've, I've been at two different places here in the last 12 months, just so you can have an idea of who we are and how we did right here just shows the rankings of Sam Houston State when we were there last spring, how we finished in the conference with multiple first places in the country, right? This is a credit to how we played. We obviously didn't look at numbers during the year, during the season, but you also have to go back at the end of the year and evaluate who you were as a defense based on how your numbers look. Obviously, you want to stack them against the teams that are in your conference. So it's always good to look at that. You know, speaking of the quarterback and, and what we're talking about, pass rush philosophy and scheme, you know, it's great to see team sacks is number one, right? 37 and that was in 10 games. And then team TFLs at 110 per game, right? That's a credit to how the, those guys play up front and how we played as a defense. Where we had a vertical mindset. We were always in an attacking mindset which also then credits to what you see above that, right? Russian defense. spend so much time talking about pass rush philosophy and scheme that we can't forget about being great in the run defense. If you don't have a great run defense, you won't really be successful and get teams in a position to where they have to throw the ball, right? So a great job to those guys. Um, Obviously, this was the year that we won the national championship, so it was great to see that those numbers on defense translates into how those guys played on the field. And then the other one that is important that I believe is third down defense, right? Being really good on third downs. If the philosophy is to stop the run, you got to be really good on first and second down, right? you got to be able to scheme up your rush defense to put yourself in a position where those guys can pin their ears back and really go after the quarterback. And then the one at the top scoring defense is obviously important, being able to keep teams out of the end zone so that you can end up in that win column when the game hits zero on the clock. Moving along to UTSA. Right. So I won a national championship in the spring at Sam Houston State. Blessed to be a defensive analyst and help those guys in the, in the meeting room. And, and here it is. Right. Finished with 12 wins in 2021. One of the 10 FBS teams to do so. Right. And that's really huge and important with UTSA being a new school and a new foundation. Right. We had one heck of a year because we had a really good culture and we put players in position to be successful. Right, so I just wanted to allude to that. I was around a really great staff at UTSA with the ability to to really get after guys. Um, we were we were on the field as a defense, especially being able to get to the quarterback, which leads me to the ne- the very next picture that I have on this side, Clarence Hicks, right number nine. He was our Sam guy. Was able to play out in space for the run and the pass, but specifically he was one of our best pass rushers. Uh, in the matter of a, a year, right, the year before he had three sacks. Came back to lead conference USA with 10 and a half. And it's gonna to get to why that's important, right? To understand when you're talking about the D line and being able to rush the passer, a lot of guys think that they need a million different things. Right. I just say first and foremost, make sure that you have a guy. If you have a guy on defense, That has enough ability to be able to rush the quarterback, to be able to bend, to have the agility, to have the speed, right? That puts in that work in the offseason to work on his hips, to work on his finish. You can put him in situations to be successful. You just got to scheme up the offensive line, know what they're doing, and know what to effectively put in the game plan for those guys to be successful, right? It doesn't have to be one guy. You can have more than one guy, but if you just have one guy that's special, based on how you draw up your scheme, you can put them in positions to be successful if you know how to attack the offensive line and what their weakness is. So we had one heck of a year uh, this past fall. Also finishing in the top 15 in Russian defense. Again, it's great to be able to have guys that can be successful to get in the backfield. It's great to finish with sacks. We had 32 at, 32 at, at UTSA, but then it's also great to finish on that win column to be more than the losers, all right? And I thought they did a great job with that. All right, so then the next piece, right when we're in college talking about pass rush, scheme and philosophy, I've been blessed to coach some really good players. I've been blessed to coach some really good players that had some really good ability. Who you guys see right here, Derek Roberson, who who was who went undrafted, Tennessee Titans picked him up. You know, he's one of their pass rush specialists. A lot of the things that we did at San Houston State when I coached him showed up on Sunday. Right, what you see right here, he had a game against Drew Brees, a Hall of Famer, two and a half sacks, a couple TFLs that really put him on the map. He was put in a position to go be successful in the NFL, and he took full advantage of it. And then PJ Hall, drafted in the second round to the Oakland Raiders. He's been to uh, the Texans as well. Again, a kid that came in as a fullbackslash tight end. That we moved to defensive line, and he was able to have his ability to play anywhere on the defensive line. Both of these guys played all four spots, and I think that's important, right? The versatility of your guys up front to be able to put them in a position to play the run game and then the pass game is going to show up when you go when you want to go get after the quarterback. So being able to have the eye to recruit those guys to have somewhat of a natural ability to be able to get on the field and execute the game plan specifically in their one on one it gives you enough to go out there and execute the game plan. And I think that's important. So I think it's important when you look at recruiting, especially at the college level, bringing those players that have that ability. And then when you're in high school, if you particularly don't have those players on your team, being able to draw up a scheme to help uh, utilize what you have on, on your team as far as how you can be effective with rushing the quarterback. It's super important to know what you have. And then based on what you have, being able to draw up what they can do to be successful. It's important that you don't try to force something on a group of kids that can't do it, right? It's best that you play to the ability of who you have on your team, who you have on your roster, and to make sure you're being true and honest to what you have instead of searching and trying to do something that's not going to work. Right. So I just want to go ahead and reiterate. Recruiting is a huge piece of that. To be able to have some guys play on Sunday is huge. And I think it just goes a long way with helping you, obviously, with your philosophy and scheme, because at the end of the day, it comes down to your players. All right. Moving into pass rush mentality. Right. Pass rush mentality. All right. So when it comes down to wanting to rush the passer, here are some of the things that I think you need to go through in your progression of understanding who you're playing. Right. The very first thing know the quarterback, the person that touches the ball every single play, you got to know who that guy is. Can he run the ball? And these are very simple questions, right? Can he run the ball? Meaning when he pulls the pull, pulls the ball down when he doesn't see something and decides to take off, does he decide to take off and run now? Does he decide to move around the pocket because he's looking down the field to throw? The identity of a, of a, of a quarterback can be seen based off of the film. So can he run needs to be the first question. If he can, it's going to change a little bit with what you do. That's why you need to know that, right? Obviously, every quarterback can run, but the mentality of a quarterback is going to be shown based off of how he plays, whether he wants to stay in the pocket and make the throw, or whether he looks at his first look, pulls the ball down, and then just takes off. So it's important to know that. Can he throw? It may seem like a simple question, but you'll see some quarterbacks that really are not accurate but they're going to force the throw every single time. When they have that open gap inside, as far as the uh, uh, the pocket, do they look at their first read, pull a ball down and take off, right? Is this guy going to try to force the far the far field throw because he trusts his arm a lot? And then it moves down to who is he under pressure and out of the pocket, right? Again, who is he under pressure and outside of the pocket? Well, why is that important? Well, maybe he's really good throwing to his right side. But when he's pressured and forced to his left side, his completions are lower, right? Is he a guy that gets outside of the pocket, loves the vision, and now he's able to throw the ball downfield, right? Who is he as a quarterback? I think that's first and foremost. That's the most important thing when you're talking about rushing the guy that has the ball in his hand. You need to know who he is. And when he is faced with pressure or when he's faced with guys that are in his face, How does he react, right? Because then that's going to tell you what you can draw up as far as your pressures, what you can draw up as far as your line games, and what you can draw up and how exotic you can get based on how dangerous he is with his feet and or his hand. The next piece, as an offense, when will they throw the ball, right? And that comes with the breakdown, right? When you break it down, and obviously you do normal downs, you can do your third down situations. When are they a 75% and above pass efficiency team? And once you sort it out, you know, one of those obvious ones is, is teams that are third and six plus, six, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. You'll typically see in a breakdown, they throw the ball 80, 80% 80 of the time. Third and five, 78% of the time. Third and eight plus, 90% of the time thrown. Okay, so when you break it down, you need to understand when they will run the ball, because that lets you know when you can call what you want to call. Right. And as a defensive line coach, I need to feel comfortable enough. If I'm going to bring something to the table for the D.C. to let him know, I feel comfortable calling this in this time, because this is who they are as far as when they want to throw the ball. And do you always need to be ready for the run? Yeah. But on those situations to where we play to our probabilities and percentages, if it's 75% and above, you'd hope to think a simple run won't be able to be successful no matter what you're running. You just got to be careful that you're calling something in situations a third and five may be different than a third and eight plus. So what you do on third and five may be a little bit different than what you do on third and eight. So understand that maybe you got to be a little bit more cautious in those third and five and six situations. Then when you get to those third and eight and nines, Oh well, yeah, maybe you go get the quarterback. Or maybe, the, maybe now it's a it's a screen possibility, right? So all of those go into play when we're thinking about when a team will throw the ball. Types of passes. Now this depends on how you break down your fill. Five step, three step, screen. I limit it to those three because at the end of the day, when it comes down to the type of passes and the type of pass pros it's very limited yes you have different routes and as a db or safeties coach you want to know those route trees right but when it comes down to getting after the quarterback you need to know the type of passes that he's making depending on the down and distance whether he's going to take his full drop or if he's just going to catch set and throw right you need to understand who are they when it comes down to when they like to throw screens is it on their side of the field, second and long or third and long, right? You just want to, you want to make sure that you understand who they are, what type of passes they have, which transitions on to knowing the offensive line, hashtag Sac City. I make a playlist every single week on the worst lineman. What does that mean? Any reps that the lineman is getting beat, I highlight those, put them into a playlist so that I at least have a couple clips of each lineman getting beat. You need to know your O-line in order to understand how you attack them. Find the weak link and attack the weak link. Again, find the weak link and attack them, right? And attack them. Knowing the O-line. You got to understand pass pro schemes. Sliding away from the running back, sliding to the running back, full line slide, right? Vertical set. If you're an odd or even team, how do they change their philosophy and how they're blocking those fronts, right? It's a lot of different things that come into play when there's an on-the-ball tight end, who are they, okay? All those small things go into play and understanding how they will block you. And then the other part to that is in creating a way to show them how they have to block you. But we'll get to that in a little bit, right? And do they struggle with line games, When you do your breakdown, are they a team that lacks the communication to be able to effectively pick up line games? It's important to know that. The next one, can we get there with four, which is my favorite, right, which is my favorite. I think as a defensive line coach, if I can convince my DC that we can get there with four, which means he can cover with seven, the more in coverage, the better, right? That's the simple part. Some some people will probably disagree with me. I understand that, right? Let's send more, let's send the house so we can definitely get there. But if I can accomplish the same thing with four that we can accomplish with five or six, I would hope that it gives you more of a security blanket to call your four down games while keeping those extra guys in coverage. And then it comes down to pass rush games, feeling comfortable scheming up your line games, making sure you're coaching it effectively to where your kids understand what they're trying to accomplish. And then calling it in the games, making sure you run those reps during the week, make sure they understand how the pass rush game is supposed to be run, and that there is no finesse if there is a specific way that you want them to run the line game. Maybe you don't run line games because they're not great at it. You have to understand who you have and what they do really well, put them in a position to be successful, and then go get after it. Understanding situational football is also a key. End of the half, end of the game, two-minute drill. Is he getting the ball out quick because they only have X amount of seconds on the clock or X amount of time on the clock? Right? Do they have to, do they have to score two, two drives and it's only two minutes left? Are they going to be more of a pass heavy team because of the situation? Are you in the playoffs? Is it a live or die situation moment and everything's on the line? Situational football is key, where they are on the field. Will they take a chance because they're halfway there and they don't have a really good a really good kicker? Location on the field, all right? All of those small things come into play. And when it comes down to it, it's important that you know that to know how you want to attack them. Go into the QB windows, all right? This works with who the quarterback is. This is something that I do week in and week out, all right? Week in and week out when we're in the season. There's four different windows when it comes down to it, all right? As we're looking at it. The offensive right tackle, the left one that we're looking at it, from him out, right? From the tackle out, that's window one. From the tackle to the center, as we're looking at it on the left side, is window two. Three is from guard to tackle. Four is from the right tackle as we're looking at it, the offensive left tackle and out. And what I do here is I go through every clip. I look at his completions, whether he's 34 or 49, how many yards does he get with those completions? Right? The ones that you see in red are the crucial ones. This tells us his identity sacks, fumbles, interceptions. Those are things that are in the red because they're critical. Meaning, if he has, as we're looking at this, right, between window two and window three. He's been sacked seven times. Window four and window one, he's been sacked a total of two times. So what this tells me is the middle of his line is the weakest. That's where they're giving up the most sacks. Does he give up some sacks outside? Yeah, one here or there, but that's where the action is. And then scrambles, The other one that's in red right there, right? Is this a guy that likes to run a lot? Now I can go to my DC and this one and say, hey, out of these X amount of attempts right now, he only has four scrambles total for 21 yards, right? Window two, he has three scrambles for 20 yards. Window four, he has one scramble for one yard. Not a high probability of this guy being a runner, right? And again, he can have 10 scrambles but it's only, if it's only for two yards, uh, that would be a TFL, right? But if, if 10 scrambles for, let's say, 20 yards, it's not like he's a dynamic runner. He's getting right past the line of scrimmage and more than likely getting tackled. OK, so this is a great way to show those critical times. It's great for the DB sometimes. You see where a quarterback likes to favor as far as where he likes to throw. As we see it here, window one he completed the most amount of balls, 34 of 49, right? Which means he likes to throw to his right side. More times than none, you'll see quarterback's dominant hand being the most dominant side. Right-handed quarterback, window one, the defensive left, the offensive right, typically is his favorite spot to throw. Then you'll know whether a team likes to throw underneath or not. If it's in window two or three, or do they like to throw down the field in the middle of the field? Right. So all these things you can find out the identity of a quarterback. And it's also something you give to your D-line. Maybe they're not as hooked on the uh the, the completions and the yards, but definitely the sacks, the fumbles, uh, and the scrambles, those are all
0: critical to know in those down situations. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. The link to this entire presentation is in the show notes. Again, remember to help others out by attending the Lawrence First and Goal Clinic. That's lfgf2023.coachesclinic.com. Follow all we're doing on coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.